Just always go for the throw. Buy low, sell high. Fear, that's the other guy's problem. Biz Talk Radio is proud to bring you Investor's Edge with Gary Kulpbaum. Straight talk about you and your money. You can reach Gary now at 877-747-EDGE. That's 877-747-3343. Here is your host, Gary Kulpbaum. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan, in for Gary Kulpbaum, who's out today. Today is Tuesday, February 19th, 2019, and we have a great show for you tonight. First off, I want to thank you very much for being here. And just a little quick housekeeping before we jump into the show. As you know, this is a show about you and your money and all points in between. Just as a quick reminder, if you don't get the show in your city, you can go to GaryK.com and listen live or archive. All the shows are available on demand, meaning you can click on the radio tab and then pause the show, listen to it, rewind it, fast forward. So if you miss anything or any part of the show, whether tonight or any other show, they're all available on GaryK.com. And if uh, you want, you can follow Gary on Twitter by just pressing the button. You can also subscribe to Gary's Morning Notes and read the rest of the posts that are posted there throughout the day. A few highlights for today's show. We're going to begin with the market wrap. We're going to talk about earnings. We're going to talk about more easy money from global central banks. And then we'll talk about the trade, some latest headlines in trade and what's going on there. And then just focus on some sectors, individual stocks, and let you know what's working. And just overall cover the positive tone that we're continuing to see in the market. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. It's time for the market wrap. The market closed up today. It was a quiet open. It was a quiet day. The big headline came out from the, uh, President Trump when he said the March 1st deadline is, quote, unquote, flexible, which means the trade deadline that Trump had with China, there was a lot of concern, hey, we might not be able to make a deal or meet, you know, have an understanding before that March 1st deadline, and the tariffs would go up, and that would escalate the trade war. China would respond, et cetera. Uh, Trump expressed signs of flexibility, and that was a net positive for stocks. The Dow was up eight points today. It was a quiet session, but the fact that the market ended higher you know, after being quiet to, to red most of the day is a net positive. So that was up eight points, closed at 25,891. The S&P 500 closed up four points to close at 2779. The NASDAQ composite closed up 14 points to 7486. And the small cap Russell 2000 closed up six points to close at 1575. Now the VIX, which measures volatility, but is also a good measure of the fear index or fear on Wall Street, was uh, pretty much was flat or up six cents, closed at 1497. It's once again, ladies and gentlemen, down in the low teens. And that's something just to watch on the periphery because when you see that start to spike, that tends to correspond or lead to downside volatility, which means you know the market falling. But all things being equal, what we're continuing to see now, which Gary has highlighted for you very well over the last several weeks slash month and change, or months at this point, January. January and half of February is a continued positive tone from uh, the market responding well to the big change in stance or the stance from the Federal Reserve. You know, we saw the Fed for the last 10 years. You just step back and you can look at it here for a few minutes and you can say, okay, what's been the primary driver of this bull market? You know, we had a brief 20% correction slash bear market, whatever word you want to use to call what just happened in the fourth quarter of 18. If we hit new highs, then it's going to be a, a steep correction in a longer term uptrend or bull market. And if we don't, we said we roll back over and we see more selling, then something that'll change it. To, we'll see what happens and how it unfolds into either a more of a sustained bear market or something else. But what we saw in late December and all of January and first half of February so far has just been a very strong reaction to the Federal Reserve changing its stance once again and going back to the easy money. And there's something called the Fed put, which means that you know it was a notion that came out in early 20, uh, I think it was 2010 slash 2011 when it really became popular. And the whole notion is that the market's going to fall, the Fed's going to step in, do another round of Kiwi at the time, and then stocks will take off. 
So the Fed put, you know, basically meant that if the market goes down, the Fed's going to step in, announce more easy money, and boom, stocks are going to rally. So what happened since then, you know, over the last eight, nine, ten years now, is that every time the market gets in trouble, the Fed changes the stance and you get more easy money. Well, right now, just recently in the last five, six weeks here, we saw the Fed do that again. So we used to have the market decline about 10%, and the Fed would stand, change its stance and announce more easy money. And now we know it's down 20 is their number, because that's when the Fed blinked. And if you, what I mean by the Fed blinking is the Fed you know, reversing its stance and adopting an easy money stance. So back in, in October, Jay Powell, the head of the Fed, came out and said, hey, you know what, everybody? I think we should start raising rates. You know, we're going to continue raising rates. We're far away from our quote-unquote normal range, which is when we're going to stop raising rates. Of course, the market tanked very shortly thereafter. The Fed for the fourth quarter was still you know, steadfast in their belief that they're going to continue to raise rates and everything is fine and dandy. The second the market fell down 20%, all of a sudden the Fed changed their stance and did it aggressively. And they back off, backed off and said, you know what, actually things were much closer to that normal level, and we don't have to raise as aggressively, and basically, plain English, read between the lines, easy money's here to stay. And that was a massive, massive game changer, a massive shift in what we've been seeing you know, from the Fed, and just what we've been seeing time and time again over the last decade, is that the market continues to react very, very well to easy money from the Fed and other central banks. So what happened today? There's more talk of easy money coming out of the Bank of Japan. It said, they said that they can go easier, they can get easier. And someone at our Fed, one of the local Fed heads, came out and said, you know what, we should stop QT, which is one of the new words, quantitative tightening, which basically means trimming their balance sheet. And that effectively is more easy money. So without getting into the, the granular tactics of the Fed and the balance sheet and all this stuff that's outside the scope of the show, it just suffice it to say that the Fed is now you know, stopping the, the – well, quantitative tightening, stopping of the reducing their balance sheet, I'm trying to keep this as simple as possible, is, is in effect, the net result is, is bullish for stocks because it means more easy money. So that being said, we've got the Bank of Japan coming out saying it can do more easy money, and they've, they already own outright you know, Japanese stocks, which is, up until recent times, has been unprecedented. In other words, if you were to talk to anybody in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and say central banks can go out and just blatantly buy stocks, that would be unheard of, but that's the norm. That's the norm that we're living in. And by the way, that's why the market reacts so strong to the global, you know, easy money from global central banks. When you see the Bank of Japan, the European Central Bank, the, uh, F the U.S. Federal Reserve, obviously the Bank of Canada, the BOE, Bank of England, etc., and several other central banks all coordinated these, this massive easy money effort. That tells you, ladies and gentlemen, that you know the, the Fed speaking or the central banks are speaking, and clearly the market's listening. So right now we have a very, you know, just continued positive tone. Just about all news, and something Gary talks about. It does a great job explaining is how the market reacts to the news. So just about all news over the last six weeks have been taken positively. The market shrugs off negative news and rallies. You know, positive news comes out, rallies. Remember, just recently we had retail sales plunge, the lowest level in 10 years. What happened? The market opened lower, closed higher. The reaction to the news, ladies and gentlemen, what Gary talks about over and over and over again, is so important because what happens is it's not the news that drives markets. You know, people get all caught up with the headlines. It's how does the market react to the news? What does the news mean for the economy? And for Wall Street, so in other words, for Main Street and Wall Street going forward, the market's a forward-looking mechanism. And by definition, the news is a rearview mirror phenomenon. It tells you what already happened. Or in earnings, specifically with respect to earnings. You know, earnings tell you what happened last quarter. Sometimes companies give guidance, but people, the investors, the market looks forward. Retail sales tell you know that's the news. It tells you what happened in back in December or last month or whatever the case may be. The market cares about now and the future. So that that's a big disconnect. People have to keep in mind when they interpret the news. So it's the headline could be bullish. The headline can be bearish. That in and of itself is one piece of the puzzle. But putting it all together, for me, the bigger piece is how does the market react to the news? So stepping back, putting everything together, the market continues to act well. We have no concerns here as far as big major you know, concerns with the market. As long as the market continues to react well to the news, 
there in itself is bullish, and that's a bullish thing for stocks. So up next, we're going to talk about specific sectors. We'll talk about some commodities. We'll talk about some setups that we're seeing in financials and transports and some gold and silver stocks and how they're moving out and some other areas of the market. I want to thank you very much for being here. This is the one and only Investor's Edge. It's time to switch on the integrator units and get the brain cells working. You're listening to... Okay, this promises to be fun. Investor's Edge. The last bastion of quality programming. With Gary Kultbaum. It doesn't get better than this. Welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan, filling in for Gary Kolpom. In case you're just joining us, we spent the first part of the show going over the major indices. We spoke about the fact that easy money continues to drive the market higher. We spoke about the fact that the market continues to react well to easy money from the Fed and other central banks. And as long as that reaction to the news continues to be healthy, ladies and gentlemen, in and of itself, the market deserves a bullish benefit of the doubt. What we saw in December, or that sell-off in the last quarter of 18, could be a very steep correction within a longer-term bull market if we're able to hit new highs. Now, that doesn't normally happen, but we have to respect easy money. And when the Fed and other central banks change their stance collectively, you know, the market's listening. And our job is to interpret what's happening and stay aligned with what's actually happening. So... Other news today, Walmart gapped up after reporting numbers. Surprisingly, the stock, uh, Walmart, which is trading near all-time highs, and it's acting well, considering Amazon, its biggest competitor, is a, uh, is a threat. But Walmart had an all-time high last year of 109 and change, and now it was back in the last, what was it, back in, let's get the chart, yeah, back in February of last year, and right now it's trading at 102, to close at 102.24. So you're in a situation now where the stock has been basing or moving sideways for the last year, and the reason why I'm spending so much time with it is because it's Walmart. It's a retail behemoth, and it has a good gauge of what the consumer is doing because, remember, consumer spending drives two-thirds of the economy. So when consumer spending is down, then retail stocks tend to do poorly. When consumer spending is up, then retail stocks tend to do well, and then it's just one retail stock, but we can go through some other ones in a few minutes here just to get a gauge of what the market is telling us, You know, what's the pulse of the consumer. So with respect to Walmart, to see it gap up on numbers, that in and of itself is a good thing. Other retail stocks. Let's talk about the XRT, which is the retail ETF. And the retail ETF, which is just a basket of retail stocks, hit an all-time high last year, $52.96, or right around $53, and right now it's at 45 So it's not far off of its all-time highs. But you have a little head-and-shoulders bottom-type pattern that formed in late December, early January, and now you're trying to move out of range or out of the right side of that little neckline of the head-and-shoulders pattern. And that's just a technical fancy term for a market selling off bouncing back again, moving sideways for a little bit, and trying the bottom and then move higher. If the XRT, which is this, uh, the basket of, of, e of retail stocks, can stay above $45, then in and of itself, this quote-unquote breakout will have worked and things are good. The one concern, of course, is volume is light. You want Investors want to see typically heavy volume on breakouts, and this isn't really a breakout. Also, it's below its 200-day moving average, so it still has some work to do. But on a whole, the fact that it's moving higher, not lower, in and of itself is a good sign. A few other retail stocks I would like to mention that are acting well would be Nike. NKE is one that we've watched. We all know what they make. They make sneakers. Stocks trading uh, near a 52-week high, near its all-time high. Last year, it hit 86.04, and right now you're at 84.58. The high this year was 85.78, so you're just below uh, you know, record highs for, for Nike. Under Armour, which is one of Nike's competitors, isn't acting as well. That's in trouble. It's trying to re you know, bounce back, but that stock, UAA, is a symbol there hit a high of 52.94 back in 2015 and fell really hard over the last the next several years, all the way down to 11 and change. It's now back up to 21.36. So you still have some room to go there, but it's coming back around. Lululemon, another apparel company, this is ticker symbol LULU, hit an all-time high last year of 164.79, and right now you're at 147.57. Lulu acts well. It's a leader in, in leading stock, if you will. It's been pulling back over the last several days, but it's trading below its recent high, and if it can get going here, 
it can do well. It had a big rally from 112 to 147 or 150-ish over the last several weeks. So it's pulling back now to digest that move. A few other retailers that are, you know, some acting okay, some not. If you want to see a stock that's not acting well, take a look at Macy's. Ticker, tick, excuse me, ticker symbol is M. And that stock's been steadily declining for many, many quarters. And that's not acting well. They need to reinvent themselves. They need to step, step up their game, so to speak, and compete with Walmart and with Target. TGT would be the symbol there. And with Amazon, of course. So Target, TGT, has been declining for – it's really had a, a tough time. It hit an all-time high last year of 9039. Just make sure that's an all-time high. Yep, 9039 last year, and right now you're at 7331. So you've declined considerably in Target, but it's trying its best to bottom here and move back up. If it can get going, then that would bode well for other retail stocks. A few other ones, just real quickly while we're on the subject, Kohl's, ticker symbol KSS. That's also just you know not really acting well. But it's trying its best to, you know, it's had a big sell-off in the latter half of last year, and now it's somewhat basing and trying to move higher again. A few other ones we can mention that in the retail space, it just gives you a good sense of how the consumer is doing. Look at some of the uh, uh, the electronic, look at the electronic arts, for example, the gaming stocks. So EA is a symbol there. That has had a decline over the last several months. Had an all-time high last year of 151.26. Now you're at 102.96. Another one, which is Take-Two Interactive, TTWO. Last year, hit an all-time high of 139.91, and now you're at 93.27. And the reason why I'm bringing these up is because they're gaming stuff. People buy games and they play games, right? If they're not acting well, it's discretionary spending. Can the consumer afford to buy video games? Can the consumer afford Lululemon, Nike, Under Armour, right? If the answer is no and all these stocks are in vicious bear markets, that tells us something about the consumer. So retail is a mixed bag. The fact that Walmart gapped up today in and of itself is a good thing for what it, for, for what it is, I do want to mention Amazon too, the uh, largest retailer there is in my opinion, and, and many others. That stock hit an all-time high last year of two thousand fifty dollars a share and fifty cents. Now you're at sixteen twenty-seven. So you're rebounding off of the uh, you had a decline in the end of the year, alongside the market. It's now basing. You have that head and shoulders pattern, base or bottom trying to form. And if it can get going here above, let's say call it seventeen thirty-six, you have probably a new leg higher. So retail on average is a mixed bag, but it's acting better. And the fact that it's acting better is a good thing. So let's talk about the transports for a second because – well, we'll do that right after the uh, – when we come back. But just putting everything together, the retail sector continues to act well. And Walmart gapping up today drove the market. You know, it was a big – it was the biggest story out there from earnings. Going forward, that bodes well for other retail stocks. When we get back, we're going to talk about – we're up next. We'll talk about transports. We'll talk about financials, some gold stocks, some silver, and a whole lot more. This is the one and only Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan. Thank you very much for being here. America is talking. Investor's Edge. You gotta be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. With Gary Coldbaugh. I'm highly recommended. You're gonna feel better if you talk to him. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan, in for Gary Coldbaugh. In case you're just joining us, we spent the first part of the show going over the market wrap. We spoke about the fact that easy money has been the primary driver for this bull market since the beginning in March of 2009. Every time the market goes down a little bit, the Fed or some other central bank turns around and announces more easy money, and that's considered a net positive or bullish for stocks, and the market rebounds and rebounds sharply. We saw earlier today the Bank of Japan came out, announced more easy – or they could do more easy money if needed. And, of course, uh, one of the Fed heads came out and said, you know what, we should stop 
uh, trimming our balance sheet or quantitative tightening or at least slow it down considerably, and that is considered more easy money. So that was the first part of the show. Then we spoke about the retail sector. Walmart was a big stock of the day with respect to earnings, and we have a lot of other retail stocks coming out over the next few days and weeks. And we're going to be heavy. You know, the earnings season is going to shift into a retail-heavy focus. And the good news for consumers is that you know consumer spending makes up two-thirds of the economy. So the fact that Walmart gapped up and is trading near an all-time high bodes well for both Main Street and Wall Street. And then we went through a couple other retail stocks and just the XRT, the uh, retail ETF, and just gave a gauge of the uh, the group. The group is makes that best. But since we are heading into heavy earnings with respect to retail stocks, I did want to spend some time going over the retail sector. A few other areas that are definitely notable that I'd like to discuss next would be transportation stocks. You can take a look at the IYT, which is an ETF that tracks the transportation stocks. That hit an all-time high last year of 209.43, and right now, it, then it fell hard in the second half of the year, and now you're back up to 191.23. It just got back above and just barely closed above its 200-day moving average, and it's gone straight up really since the end of December, early January. And that's a good sign because transportation – you know, the stronger the economy is, the more things – the more stuff gets moved around. So therefore, that bodes well for transportation stocks. Some of the holdings in the IYT, if you want to take a look at some of the transportation stocks, are FedEx. Ticker symbol is FDX. You can look at um, – clearly see that's in a downtrend. I'll give you some other stocks, not just the ones that are the holdings in the IYT, but a few other ones that are in transportation stocks. UPS is another one. I do not believe that's in the IYT, but I could be mistaken. But um, UPS, another transportation stock. Take a look when you have a chance, ladies and gentlemen. FedEx and UPS have both been in downtrends over the last several months. They tried the bottom in late December, early January, some just almost like a waterfall of selling, very heavy volume. And then it's been rallying higher since, both FedEx and UPS, almost like a wedge up into the 50 for FedEx. And then UPS broke back above at 50, now it's flirting with its 200-day. The fact that they are, they are both under pressure tells you that some, you know, it confirms the fear that people had thought in the end of 2018 that the economy is slowing down considerably. Now, with easy money, things could change, and that's why these stocks are starting to rally again. A few other stocks that are in the IYT, Norfolk Southern, Union Pacific, J.B. Hunt, let's go through those stocks, NSC, which is uh, Norfolk Southern, Union Pacific is UNP, and J.B. Hunt is JBHT. So let's go through uh, one by one. NSC, which is first, Norfolk Southern. It's a um, one of the railroad companies. Stock is acting surprisingly well. That's why I want to bring it up. Last year hit an all-time high of 186.91, and right now you're at 182.76. So the fact that you're flirting with all-time highs yet again in and of itself is a good sign. And you gapped up just recently. I believe the gap was on numbers, but I would have to double-check that. And uh, the stock is acting well. The fact that it's flirting with new highs is a good sign, not just for the IYT with transportation stocks, not just for the shareholders of NSC, but for the for Main Street, for the broader economy, right? Because when railroad stocks are acting well, new highs, that tells you people are moving stuff. Things are moving in the economy. And the presumption is the more things that move, the stronger the economy is. The next one is Union Pacific, another big railroad stock. And interestingly enough, that's at a new all-time high. Last year, the high, the all-time high was 165.63, and right now you're at 171.33. So the fact that UNP is at all-time highs bodes well for both Main Street and Wall Street. And the transportation sectors, the fact that it's making a turnaround or coming back on these strong, you know, strong transportation stocks and railroads, and that's good for the economy. And then JBHT was the last one that I wanted to cover here, just in the interest of time. Uh, that's underperforming its peers. It's similar to FedEx and UPS, where it's been lagging for a while. And JBHT is now rallying into its 200-day moving average, and that's the next level of resistance to watch. While we're on the topic of the transportation stocks, one of the um, – well, actually, you know what? We'll spend a few more minutes on these transportation stocks. There's a few more that I can discuss, and it does – it is important because how it ties into everything is, is part of it. So, by the way, UPS is in the IYT. I was, I was mistaken. So it's FedEx and UPS. They're both in the, the IYT, which is the ETF that tracks transportation stocks. Um, another one is Landstar Systems, LSTR. 
LSTR has been underperforming, but the fact that it's trying to rally now, it's back above its 200-day moving average, has a little double bottom pattern. For those of you that like to watch the chart, you can take a look at LSTR in a daily chart and see that little uh, area of resistance, which is somewhere in the range of 108 to 112. Right now, you're at 111.44. If it can get going and break above and close above 112 to 113, that should let the stock you know, open the door at least for its retest or trade back up to its old chart highs of 128.70. Right now, you're at 111.70. So if these transportation stocks are able to, in fact, turn around, that could be a net positive or bullish for the market because it bodes well for both Main Street and Wall Street. And again, transportation is an important part of the economy, and that's why it's important for Wall Street. A few other ones we can cover. Uh, we can do airlines. United Continental, UAL is a symbol there. Airline stocks have been mixed. They, the fact that you know, they're not acting poorly or they're not acting extremely well is it's just okay at best. Uh, UAL is actually looking good. The fact that it's above its 50-day, it's above its 200-day. It didn't correct that bad in the fourth quarter. Uh, the all-time high there is 97.85 for United Continental, UAL. And right now you're at 89.24. So you're only a few points off its all-time high. And it could just, you know, a couple days of up, up action would be a new all-time high for UAL. A few other airlines while we're on the subject, let's talk about American. I just flew them to Atlanta last week. AAL is a symbol there, and you can clearly see, ladies and gentlemen, a big difference between a stock that's acting well, like UAL, and then look at AAL on a daily chart and just look at the trend. Top left, lower right. AAL is in trouble, meaning the stock is underperforming, not in trouble like in a negative connotation. It just hasn't been acting well, let's put it that way. And it's been in a downtrend for the last several months. We have a series of lower highs, lower lows, and... It's just underperforming. It also has poor relative strength compared to the market, the S&P, and other stocks. So AAL, the bulls want to see that get going here and break out of this little, I guess you want to call it a little handle formation with 37.23 or get back above its 200-day moving average, which is close to 37.66, and then it could potentially start making a new leg higher. But that's been under pressure for a while. And then JetBlue, same thing, under pressure, downtrend. Investors want to see, you know, the market just hasn't been giving this uh, stock any love. If it does turn around, it could get going, but it's been under pressure for a while. Southwest Airlines, which we all know that they were in the news just yesterday, I believe, uh, with the baggage, LUV is a symbol there, and that's been you know middle of the road. UAL is the strongest of the names that I mentioned. American and JetBlue are lagging, and, and LUV is is right in the middle of Southwest. Uh, if you want to look at one more airline, then we can see where we are. Save ticker symbol Spirit Airlines ticker symbol S A V E, a leading stock acting well. You have a chance. Take a look at Save S A V E. Take a look at UAL for what you want to see leadership look like in a group, and then compare it to American Airlines or JetBlue, and you can see what you know laggards look like in a group, in the same group. Uh, Save hit an all-time high of 85.35 back in 2014, and it's currently trading at 62.34, and it's gone nowhere for the last several years. But it's third airlines, right? So the, meaning investors want to see growth, they want to see something changing, something dynamic going on. There's a story there, they want to see that. And Spirit, you know, it needs to get it back together from an investor standpoint to get the stock out of this little range and go high. But the fact that it's trading near 52-week highs, in of itself, is a bullish sign. So once again, this section we spoke about the transportation stocks acting well and they're getting stronger. The fact that the IYT is above the 200 is a good sign, and that bodes well for both Main Street and Wall Street. Up next, we're going to talk about financials, talk about some gold stocks and some silver, some other commodities if time allows. And I want to thank you once again for being here. This is the one and only Investor's Edge. You are listening to... What are you waiting for? One, two, ready, go. Investor's Edge with Gary Culpa. Welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan, in for Gary Kalpong. In case you just joined us, or if you missed any part of the show, I want to remind you you can go to GaryK.com and listen live or archive. If you want to pause, rewind, fast forward, you know, listen at your leisure. I know I do speak at a quick 
pace because I have a lot to cover. So some people like that, some people don't. The ones that don't, by all means, please feel free to go to GaryK.com and listen to the show after 8 p.m. Eastern or 9 o'clock. It'll be posted on GaryK.com, and you can listen. You can pause it. You can rewind it, fast-forward it at your leisure from just about any device. So uh, we spoke about the show as a recap, then we spoke about retail stocks, overall mixed bag, but the fact that Walmart gapped up today was good. We have a lot of retail stocks earnings coming out over the next few weeks, so I wanted to, and days specifically, so I wanted to mention that group. Then I spoke about the transports, gave an in-depth look there. Overall, the picture is improving. Now I want to speak, if time allows, about the financials and also the metals, gold and silver. So financials are acting better. The last quarter of 18, remember we had a big sell-off. The financials have been down, really lagging for about 9, 10, 11 months now. But they bottomed in December slash early January. You had a very steep rebound or sharp rebound. And now you're trying to get back above the 200-day moving average. The next area of resistance to watch for these financials, I mean the big banks, you can look at ticker symbol XLF as an ETF that tracks these bank, the financial sector, would be 24 We'll probably go with 27, 2686 for those of you that are you know want to look at the exact number, but right around 2685 to $27. You want to see the XLF break above that. Individual stocks in the XLF or in the individual financials, similar picture, JPM is the first one there. Big sell-off in the fourth quarter, bottomed in January, late December, January, rallied back, and now you're trying to move higher. Uh, Goldman Sachs, ticker symbol GS, underperformed for a long time. They were in trouble for that whole scandal out in Malaysia with IMBD or whatever was going on over there with the bribes and this and the other thing. So Goldman Sachs, ticker symbol GS, so big sell-off in late fourth quarter, rebounded, rebounded sharply. You saw some good volume come in in January, and now it's forming a little bit of a handle to digest that move, or you know, head and shoulders, the right shoulder, however you want to word it. But it's acting well, a little sideways consolidation here, and a move above probably I would say 200 and I'd say 200 to 205 in that range would be bullish for Goldman Sachs. The next level to watch above that would be the 200-day moving average, which is right around 215. And just to keep that in mind there, Bank of America, BAC, uh, acting better. You had a big sell-off for most of you know, the second half of last year. And then at bottom, same thing, heavy volume came in in January, big gap up back in, uh, what was that day? It was the middle of January, the 16th. And then you have uh, healthy action since. You know, you're right near the 200 and it's trying to move higher. A move above, I would call it $30, $29.75, if you want to give an exact number, would be bullish. And you'd be breaking a big downward trend line, so that'd be a good sign, too, for Bank of America. A few of the other regional banks, KEY, uh, would be KeyCorp is one. You can take a look at a smaller regional banking center, but it's a similar situation where you had a big sell-off in the latter half of 18, tried the bottom, and now it's moving back up. Regions Financial, ticker symbol RF, similar situation, big sell-off, same head and shoulders, continuation pattern or bottom, however you want to call it, and it's moving sideways, trying to move higher. So overall, the fact that the financials are rebounding bodes well for both Main Street and Wall Street. The retail stocks are rebounding, the transportation stocks are rebounding, the financials are rebounding, putting the pieces together. And we can go through the staples in a lot of other areas as well, but unfortunately, time doesn't allow that. We only have a few minutes left in the show tonight. So um, it, just stepping back, the tone is improving, to quote unquote from Gary. Tone is improving. That's the big message I want to convey. The last few minutes, I want to shift gears and talk about gold and silver. You know, Gary, if you're if you haven't already done so, I strongly recommend signing up to convictionleaders.com. Gary's got a great uh, report that he puts out a few times a week. He talks about individual stocks, highlights leadership for you. I read it. Fantastic. He's got a very big audience that reads it as well. You can take a free trial if you just go to convictionleaders.com, and you can sign up, test it out for a month if you like it, keep it. If you don't like it, cancel. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a free trial. And, um, you know, you mentioned just recently, gold, watch gold. G GDX is, well, let's talk about GLD. That's the ETF that tracks gold. Breaking out of range, SLV, silver, trying to do the same. Hasn't really broken out yet, but it's getting ready to, or it feels like it at least. Uh, GDX, which is the gold miners, broke out of range, had, you know, bottomed back in, I would say the late third quarter of last year, early fourth quarter, so right around September, October, uh, bottomed and been steadily moving higher since. And big change in, in the, just the, the 
tone of, of the way the gold stocks and silver money has been flowing into them have been trading. You know, big sell off before that, and then bottom has been moving higher for the last few months. So uh, GDX, that's the gold miners, the juniors, GDXJ, also same thing, broke out there, acting very very well. This uh, ETF GDXJ was up about 4.2 percent today, or dollar 39, close at 34.34. Acts well. A little extended in the short term. The 50-day moving average is all the way down near. Uh, 3048, but it's definitely something to watch here because if this is going to be the beginning of a new trend, a new uptrend, it could last, or a new bull market, it could last for a very long time. Remember, excuse me, remember, ladies and gentlemen, metals have been out of favor for years, and when you see money flow into a sector and you can catch a trend early, that could pay massive dividends. So again, just something to put on the radar and bring to your attention. As uh, I believe that's all the time we have for today. The show comes to a wrap. I want to thank you very much for being here. Uh, Gary does a fantastic show. I believe he'll be back tomorrow. Uh, if not, then uh, I'll see you again tomorrow, but I might cover it later in the week on Friday. So once again, market, the tone is improving. You're seeing big money flow into gold and silver for the first time in, in a long time. That's a good sign. They're moving out of range. And you've got the financials improving, retail improving, transportation improving. Thank you very much for being here. This is the one and only Investor's Edge. This clean edit of Investor's Edge created by Slew Lander. Follow me at twitter.com slash S-T-O-O-L-A-N-D-E-R.